Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. I want to share to you about living in the realm of the Spirit uh, or alternatively fasting and prayer. I want to uh, teach you or preach, if you like, into this area uh, we've got this morning. There is a scripture, it's Galatians 5.16 from the King James. It reads something like this, Galatians 5.16. It's a very good scripture to know. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now the NIV version says you will not fulfill the dictates of the flesh. In other words, the dictates, they have a, a controlling factor they kind of order us in a certain way. Let me explain. Okay, you and I have two natures. As When you gave your life to Jesus Christ, God's nature came inside of you. We say He set up His kingdom, but it's, He indwells us by the Holy Spirit, and He establishes Jesus Christ's nature inside of us. <clears throat> That's why we look at people and we think, my goodness, they have changed. Their responses are different. Uh, they're just different. They're different people, and it's awesome to see. The brokenness goes, the healing comes, the deliverance comes, and he begins to establish what is called the fruit. The fruit is birthed for like a tree, a tree of fruit. And on that tree, if you like, inside our little garden here, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, self-control, goodness, gentleness, and faithfulness. They're part of God's character. So if you're feeling a little bit more faithful this time last year, it's the work of God. If you feel like you wanted to take somebody's head off and you felt all this gentle thing pop out of your life and yet all of a sudden have compassion for them, that's the fruit of Jesus uh, having greater uh, authority, if you like, over our life. Okay, so Paul comes on the scene and he says, my goodness, there's two natures at war inside of me. The God nature teaches us to do what is right, and the, uh, the sinful nature kind of maneuvers us, if you like, into what is wrong. And then Paul says, what a wretched mind I am at, because he said, the things that I want to do, I find myself not doing them. But the other things that I don't want to do, the sinful things, I find myself stepping into them. What a wretched man I am. So Paul identifies with the Christian community today uh, that, you know, we get attacked by all sorts of uh, temptations that, are, that the Bible talks about basically are outworking the sinful nature is at work with inside us. But then he also writes this, he said, but the Spirit of God is also at work within us. And uh, the, the, the way to walk in the flesh or walk in the carnal nature, the sinful nature, is so easy. All you have to do is not walk in the Spirit. Now, I want to present a few things before we get into it this morning. When you are in the natural nature or the fleshly, what we call as the, the sinful nature, it's privy to. It leans into depression. There's no depression in the spiritual nature. There's no depression in God's nature. God is whole. Uh, uh, other areas of discouragement or isolation, um, reaction, irritation, agitation, all these things are part of the fleshly nature. So if you find yourself frustrated, irritated, agitated, uh, confused, that is part of the natural nature at war that's actually having domination or dominance in our life. Whereas the Spirit of God, remember, it brings remember love, joy, and peace. Now, depression and peace are at war with each other. 
Okay, so anger and temper, a reaction, are at war with the Spirit of God, which is gentleness. Uh, hopping into areas where we don't have self-control, that's at war with the spirit of control within inside us. So you basically, I want to say to you that when we find ourselves irritated, agitated, frustrated, confused, doubtful, uh, feeling isolated, feeling alone, feeling rejected, feeling insecure, these things hit us emotionally, but they actually often come from inside us. They're not always demonic entities. In other words, they're not a, an outside spiritual force that exists over the nations today. It actually comes from within us as well. And so I, I want to I speak these kinds of things out is the key for you and I as Christians. I like to simplify things and bring things back to simplicity somewhat. The key for you, we're on a journey, if you like, collectively to walk in the Spirit. And there's power in that. There's a confidence in that. There's like the authority is in that to overcome the enemy's power. But you see, when you're in discouragement or frustration or comparisons, rejections or insecurities, these kinds of things, what it does, that brings condemnation around us. It brings guilt around us. We don't feel like we're a Christian. We don't feel like worthy even talking to God. Who am I to, to sing the praise or to lift up my hands or full of temptation and full of arrogance and full of different things like that? Uh, but what it is is this, that God wants us to demolish that, to put the natural nature under our feet. But here's the good news, that the spiritual nature is actually more powerful. How about that? In Christ, who dwells us, is actually more powerful than the natural nature in our life. But because we were born into that natural nature, our mindset says, this is who I am, this is what I do. And so therefore, for me to walk in the Spirit, it's almost a foreign walk. It's a difficult walk, a difficult pathway. But when you became a Christian, that is, you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, the power of God came upon you. That's your new nature. And as long as you identify with that confused, that depressed, that discouraged, that comparison, that low self-esteem uh, kind of attitude and that's around our life, as long as you consistently focus on that, it becomes like a big giant in our life. And it begins to dictate everything we do. It begins to dictate our emotions, dictate our thinking. And it's kind of like we know God's real. We feel His presence, but we feel disconnected from Him. Okay, so the key is we need to jump in the river. We need to jump where He is. We need to walk in the Spirit. Now, what on earth does it mean to walk in the Spirit? I used to think when I first heard that, uh, like, is that like God's Spirit hovering over us? I don't need to find that thing and walk underneath that. And here He is. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, here He is here. Oh, no, no. Uh, he's over here now. It's just like some weird concept. Walking in the Spirit is simple. Do you know what it is? It's, it's obeying the God nature inside of you. Simple. You will find every time that you go to sin, there's always somebody else sitting here and say, ah, oh, don't do that. Have you, ever, have, you, have you ever made a wrong decision and someone said, what were you thinking? Well, I mean, let's, let's analyze this. <laughs> did you ever feel not to do that? Uh-huh. So why did you do it? Because the compelling nature of the flesh had residence or overrode? The logic, but, but you'll find that every time we go to flog someone or go to get into comparisons or be rejected or feel like we've been left out or be proud or arrogant or fearful or, or resentful or unforgiving, 
you will find it's just like the little man on the inside of us is saying, uh uh-uh, uh, don't do that. And providing a path out. And so we present ourselves now with a decision. We're either going to walk this way or we're going to walk that way. And I want to encourage us, even like the areas of unforgiveness, areas of unforgiveness, people that have an unforgiving spirit, you will find they're in the flesh. They are never in the spirit. Someone with resentments, someone with, uh, with, uh, with unforgiveness towards a neighbor or a relative or, or, or partner or somebody, that's because we've jumped out and away from the Holy Spirit. We're now walking in the flesh. And this is what the Bible says. To walk in the flesh is always death. It brings destruction. It doesn't bring life or pleasure forevermore, joy forevermore. It robs us. Walking in that kind of dimension begins to rob us of our spiritual nature and brings us down to the natural man all the time. And I want to challenge this because I believe, and I'm going to quote a guy called Derek Prince, and I've thought about this time and time and time again over the years. This is what he said. Regardless of the church, every man and every woman in this world is ultimately going to be controlled by one of two spirits. They're either going to be controlled by the Holy Spirit and His temperament, or they're going to be controlled by the the demonic spirits and their temperament. So you could be sitting in the church today and not in the spirit, but you're actually controlled. Your mind is fed with uh, accusations or self-accusations where you're condemning yourself or your mind is fed with fears and failures and rejection, all these things. We are beginning to be controlled now by the enemy. But what we want to do in Rarotonga is create a generation of people that aren't religious but are liberated. You know what I'm saying, the, con- the difference there now. So we're not just adhering to some concepts of God and hitting other people on the head with it. No, 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 no. We've got the compassion of God. We've got the grace of God. We've got God's benevolence. We've got His love operating in and through our lives. Amen. So I want to encourage us this morning in the area of fasting is this. Tommy Hicks. Tommy Hicks fasts. We fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, seeking the heart and the mind of God. God never spoke to him during the 40-day fast. So he decided, I'll fast again, 40 days. His family said, if you do that, you're going to die. You'll kill yourself. And he said, if I die, I die seeking God. During the context of a second 40-day fast, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. He said, go to Argentina. Go to Argentina and preach the gospel. He went to Argentina. If you know about Tommy Hicks, Tommy Hicks filled soccer stadiums Thousands upon thousands, 50, 60, 80, 100, 140,000 people, time and time again, night after night. And they said for so many years, Tommy Hicks' ministry under Tommy Hicks when he was preaching outstripped the birth rate. I went in the birth rate the other day of Argentina. It's about 16,000 people or so, plus some born children, babies born every day. And his ministry. And they said that this, that the, the, the people were so hungry that they not only filled the stadiums, but they filled all the roads around it. So they had to work some of the speakers, the, the public address speakers, to get out into the community where thousands and thousands of people still were responding to Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Let me tell you what fasting does. Fasting is an end time weapon. It's a contemporary weapon. It's not dedicated for nuns or priests, or monks, or mystics, is for the local church. 
Jesus Christ said, when you fast, not if you fast. When, there was an expectation. You will watch this, that you've got guys like you've got Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Moses, Joshua, uh, the minor prophets all the way through Daniel. All of them fasted. Jesus fasted. Paul fasted. The early disciples fasted. But we live in a dispensation where we knock on the door of grace and we kind of say to ourselves, well, you know, I don't have to do that. I'm saved by grace. I, I don't have to. Let me tell you this. Yes, you are indeed saved by grace. In heaven bound, you are. But I'm telling you, if you are going to dent the powers of darkness on planet earth and make a real difference, there's going to have to be some sacrifices. It's going to have to be, you ready? Blood, sweat, and tears. No reward without a sacrifice. You would know that with your academics, or you would know that with your job, or with your business, or sporting career. You have to pay a price. The natural speaks of the spiritual. It's exactly the same in the realm of the spirit. All the men of God that are shaken continents for Christ, all the men and women of God that have done great exploits in, God, uh, in Christ have actually paid prices in prayer. Some of them have prayed for 12 hours straight. Some of them prayed for seven and eight hours. Some of them have gone out food for three days, six days, eight days, 10 days, 15 days, 20 days, 40 days, and some have gone further than 40 days. It's remarkable. And the glory of the Lord, they said of Charles Finney, Charles Finney went into the bush, into the trees and began to cry out for the United States of America. Began to cry out day and night, cried out just like the scripture says, they're crying out day and night. He prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, God use me, God use me, God use me. And then supernaturally, the baptism of the Holy Spirit came upon Charles Finney. They said when Charles Finney would preach, people in the stadium was, uh, in the churches and the arenas was, were impacted, but they said people coming in on the trains, on the trains, what was like a force field around his ministry when he was in town in New York. They said, Thousands upon thousands of people would be impacted by God and the force field, people on the trains, the testimony tells us, the people on the trains were getting convicted. They had nothing to do. They weren't even bound towards the crusades, but they came under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and they began to repent in the trains. Look, I, 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 wanna, I wanna say, if we're gonna have Rarotonga gonna be saved, it's gonna be more than Jonathan Cargill. It's gonna have to be us. It's going to have to be you and I. And the biggest temptation right now is for you and I to deny, you and I to put our hand in the, uh, head in the sand and say, oh, if God wants to do it, He will do it, do it in His time. Listen, if God was going to bring revival and it was fully dependent upon Him, it would have been done yesteryear. It would have been done generations ago. No, He uses us as His hand and feet. We are partnering. We are sojourners on this earth, but we are partnering with Christ. We are working with Jesus Christ. And I, I, I want access to the hearts this morning. I want the Holy Spirit to come in and purge us. I want a, re, a realigning of our lives. I want to get out of the, the flesh madness. I want to get out of the sin nature. And I want to have God inside our lives so powerfully. It's a, it, listen, there's nothing wrong with having a job. There's nothing wrong with getting married or having a career and doing exceedingly well. It's part of God's blessing for your life. That is for sure. But I'm somewhere in there. There has to be the call to prayer. There has to be the call to sacrifice. There has to be the call where you and I are prepared to go the next level and the next mile in Christ. Amen? Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. My goodness. In uh, Mark 6, 16, and then Mark 9, 29. Mark 9, 29 is a scripture there. It, it should say that this kind comes out. There are demonic spirits. There are different kinds of demonic spirits. There are different strengths, different authorities, different rulers in the demonic realm. The Bible teaches that clearly in, 
in, uh, in um, Ephesians 6. But it said this kind, in other words, the case was so severe and intensified that it required more prayer. Some things in the name of Jesus are done just like that. But others, you need the power of God and the anointing of God so strong around your life because we're now talking about shifting things. We need to be able to shape history through prayer and fasting. We need to change some things. There are things around our family that will not respond. There are demonic entities that have been set up generationally over our families that are only going to respond in the name of Jesus Christ through prayer and fasting. Some of the people that need to be born again may never get born again because somebody didn't pay a price for their salvation. Seriously. We've got uh, Ezekiel talks about standing in the gap. Isaiah talks about, could I see a man or a woman that will stand in the gap in prayer? I looked, Ezekiel, the Bible says, I looked to see if there was a man around the world who would actually stand in the gap. Isaiah says, here am I, send me, I'll be that man. He said, but I've got unclean lips. The Spirit of the Lord came through the uh, angelic ministry and began to get a, 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 a tongue, if you like, and put coals on his lips and purified his tongue. It's an amazing incident. But you know, it could be that you and I are standing in the gap for Rarotonga. I believe we are. I genuinely am convinced that we are standing in the gap for the destiny of Rarotonga. I believe there are other Christian brothers and sisters and other churches doing exactly the same. If you took the church out of our community and society, I'm telling you, we're only going one way and it's down. The church, the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians, is a restraining influence for Satan and his empire. You take the churches out of the United States of America, you talk every born again, I'm telling you, the United States overnight will begin to go down. What the church does, the church creates an atmosphere. The church has a voice in the realm of the spirit. We are like a restraining influence to spiritual strongholds and principalities. Your righteousness, for example, at work, when you decide to be self-controlled, when you decide to be generous and not gossip and, and have a right spirit, when you decide to not look at that woman and to treat her honorably as a sister in the Lord, it actually pushes back the powers of darkness. But when we begin to sin, it's an invitation for them to come and begin to assault the atmosphere. When we get offended with our wives or our husbands, it's permission for the powers of darkness to come in and oppress our families. When we are contentious naturally and there's dynamics going on in our home, it gives the enemy an opportunity to get in with our children, to get around their minds, to bring in security, to bring a sense of rebellion and, and resentment and all these things. That's how it works. And, and when, there's, when, there's, when dad and mama split like dad, we're in the same home, so geography, we're close in the same bed, but our hearts are separated. It's an opportunity, I believe, for the enemy to bring insecurity, rebellion, and the unclean realm begins to open up. Sometimes one spirit follows another, I can tell you that. And so I want to encourage us this morning about the area of fasting and prayer. It's very powerful for us. Very interesting for us. In the book of Joel, I think I will turn to it, that prophet Joel comes on the scene. And he says this in uh, uh, Joel 2, verses 12. He says, Therefore, talking to the community, says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart. He's talking on behalf of Yahweh or behalf of God. With fasting and weeping and mourning, so your so rend your heart and not your garments. In other words, don't give me the lip service. Don't just tell me that you love me. 
I want to see the heart. Don't just tell me you're surrendered to me. I want to see the heart. Don't just try and render your external garments. Give me the insides. Get me, get this, get it, get it out. And then it says this, for he's gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. Now this was a reformation that took place, but it's actually prophesied about the future. I find this really interesting. There's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the next chapter. And the famous one is in Acts. He quotes from this, Peter does. And in Joel 2, verses 28, it says, It shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy, and so forth. The power, the anointing of God begins to come. Okay, let me say this. Before the outpouring and the refreshing came, they were called into the house to fast. Do you notice Jesus Christ was the Son of God when He was born? This is important to us to know this. Jesus Christ was the Messiah as soon as He was born. It's important. He didn't become the Messiah in the baptism of the Holy Spirit at Jordan. All of a sudden, He's functioning in power. He's the, no, no, He was always the Messiah, the Son of God. But what is important to understand is His release of ministry came when He was 30 years of age. John baptized him, the prophet John, the Baptist, baptized him in water. John didn't want to do it. This is his cousin. He said, I, I, I can't do this. And then uh, Jesus says, unless you do that, you can't be anything with me. You, you, he baptized him in the, the water. Then he is by the Holy Spirit. With, the Bible says the heavens were open and the dove come. This is my son, my beloved son. Then he goes into the wilderness. The Bible says he's led by the Holy Spirit. He goes in for 40 days and 40 nights only on water. We think. The Bible says during that context of 40 days and 40 nights, it records three times he was attempted by the devil. Three times. Some, if you read it, it's at the end of it. Sometimes if you, if you read, it suggests like the enemy was on his case more than three times. It's only recorded conversations three conversations they had together. But you know what? The Bible says he came out, you ready? In the fullness of power. Then he goes to the Galilee, water into wine. The dead are raised, the cripples, all sorts of stuff. I want to say, what was the foundation? Well, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was. What was the foundation? Fasting. There's no coincidence. It's like a pattern in Scripture. I was reading about Queen Esther uh, the other day, and she was put in a situation where she was uh, being groomed six months and pickled all up to be presented before the king. And, uh, but you'll know this story. But what had happened was uh, a guy got jealous of the Jews and wanted to kill him, so he basically hoodwinks the king and basically puts an edict and has the king sign it with a signet ring so you can't go back from that. We're going to annihilate all Jews on a certain date. It was actually a true story. Today, Israel celebrates the breakthrough. It's incredible. And so what happens is her uncle says to her, you're in this place for such a time as this. You're in there. You need to actually speak to him. She said, oh, it's, I, haven't, I haven't been asked to go in. And, and if he doesn't put the scripture down, he said, I could be dead like that. And then she says this. She says, I want you to fast three days without food and water. Most of us will go, oh, <laughs> see you later. I'm off, man. No, no, no. She... And then they called the, all the Jews that were mixing and mingling in the community. All of them, well, I need you to fast, put it out, fast three days and three nights without any food. She said, after that, I'll present myself to the king. They fasted, thousands of them, 
What happened, the true story was, is Esther actually went before the king. Her life was at risk. She could be killed. The timing wasn't right. She bows down before him, and he puts down, respect like this, just puts it down, and she comes in. She tells the story. Turns out, long story short, every Jew was, was, was favored. Every Jew was protected. In fact, the guy had instigated, he was hung, public gallows. It got turned right around, amazing. But it only came, troops, family. It only came because of fasting and prayer. You'll see it modeled in Scripture time after time. Okay, what does fasting do? You know what it did? Fasting, it kills the flesh nature. Because you look at, you look at Adam and Eve, the problem was was a, was a food issue, wasn't it? Esau, it was a stew issue. Jesus in the wilderness, it was a bread issue. Jonathan, it was a sweet and sour pork issue. For most of the girls, it's a chocolate issue. God created food great. But what happens is this, if it goes excess, it's not good for us. I'm not just talking about gluttony, I'm not tacking that area. I'm talk, I explain it this way, and I've got this written down here, uh, so we'd understand. Here it is, it's really interesting. Um, excessive food and wrong eating can make a man lethargic. Now, this is true. Lazy, apathetic, and you can literally become drunk on food. Do you know that? At nighttime, you get sugared up. I mean, we know it with our children. You get sugared up and have a social gathering and don't even drink alcohol. You get really sugared up in food, and you start laughing and laughing. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I know that for a fact. Excessive sweets and starches are converted into the body as alcohol. This dulls the senses and it dopes the body. Too much food also fires the senses up, stimulating sexual lust and greed. In ancient days of idolatry, food and sexual depravity, they went hand in hand together. I have found many guys with a problem of lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh, having a problem with pornography, etc. I found a consistent parallel with that of excessive eating and gross eating habits. One got a godly man who has a very powerful minister in the world, he fasted a lot, he's dead now. He said, I can show you a man's spirituality by what, how he eats. Isn't that a challenge? But today in the contemporary uh, movement of Christianity, it's kind of like, well, we do what we want to do. We praise when we want to praise. We want to read the Bible when I want to read it, if I want to read it. I'll go to church when it feels good. And I'm thinking, man, there are people going to hell. And that's our response. We aren't a great lover to the Lord. We're not a militant soldier. We're not. We're not faithful to the cause of Christianity. And there has to be that thing. And one of the, if you didn't know this, one of the biggest contentions in the life of the church, and I'm seeing it, uh, I'm seeing it more and more. I'm seeing it more and more. A couple of things. I'm seeing it's harder to have people more teachable than it was 10 years ago. People are less teachable. It's my opinion. God speaks to me. And, and yes, God does speak to you, but he's also put a chain of command in Scripture. But you generally find, you'll find, watch this, watch this, there's that thing where people have, people have lost, and I've spoken to other pastors, they're saying the same thing. People are coming more, more uh, opinionated away from the Word of God, more independent away from the Word of God, 
and it's what I think the Word of God says rather than what the Word of God says. And we actually wonder why we've got so many problems around our life. We need to come in and yield our pride. What, what, what um, fasting does, it hacks, at our, it's a humbling ourselves. It's going before the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm desperate. I'm hungry. I'm, I need you. I really need you. So much that I'm prepared to put some of the basic needs, even food, which is so important to me. I'll put that aside because I want to seek your face. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I shall hear from heaven. And the Bible says, I will forgive their sins. And then he goes, I will heal their land. Notice, notice now we're going back to this thing. The, notice, the healing of the land follows the humbling of the soul. Judgment starts in the house of the Lord. It doesn't start down the pub. It doesn't. It starts here. The second thing that I'm finding difficult with is people actually, the, the softness towards God isn't there in many people's hearts. It's not there. It's like we, we easy falter to sin. We falter to unforgiveness. We falter to attitudes. We falter to stuff. We falter back into pornography. And I think, well, how many encounters do you have to go to? I even question the level of being born again. But you know, what it is is this, is, 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 is our heart is becoming like a rock or like a little piece of granite and we'll sit week after week after week after week after week and listen to the, mu uh, listen to the music, listen to the word. And the Bible is very clear. Jesus said the blessing is in the doing. It's not in the hearing. He says, if you, are, if, if you love me, you will be a doer. And he says, he talks about hearing. He said, do not just be a hearer, giving me intellectual, oh yeah, no, I agree with that, but a doer. Now, and what we're going to see, this is what we're going to see, we are going to see, and I'm jumping ahead in a few series, we're going to see a level of deception come on the secular world that we've never seen. It'll blow you away what people are going to believe. It's coming. It's been prophesied. It's been forecast. It's coming. Deception. We'll talk about that. But, but what it is, you'll find even in the Christian community, there's a deception coming around our life, a deception that we can live any kind of lifestyle we like and we're going to have a free ticket into heaven. The Bible never talked that, taught that way. Jesus never said that. Jesus says we must repent and then get saved. You see what I'm saying? And that's not a condemnation trick on anybody. It's a, it's a, it's a heart. It's, it's a sacrifice. It's, I mean, are we all in this together? Don't we want, do not we want Jesus? Isn't he the lover of our soul? You know, is our, is our pursuit in life to get married or to get that job or to break that record or to accomplish it? Is that our goal in life? And that becomes the idol, that becomes the main thing? Or is it whatever you say, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'm humbling myself, I will do it. That's the relationship. There are two kinds of fasting, just a practical, there are two kinds of fasting. The one is a preparation fast. So it's a bit like, uh, the way to put it is like an athlete. The summer is coming next year. So he fasts. Uh, so he runs, he trains. During the winter, nobody's doing athletics. People are playing soccer, league, and rugby, and everything else. And inside sports. But he's running on the, on the, around the track. He's running over the hills, the mountains. And you think, gosh, boring, man. But come the summer, and everybody turns up. Oh, your athletics is on. It's going to be awesome. There he is. He wins and he gets gold. Why? Because he was the guy that did the boring stuff. Yeah. He was the one that we looked at and, mate, 
It's raining. He wants to be out there. While we were just scoffing up large and laughing at him, he was a guy. Just He was building, building stamina for the day. That's called a preparation fast. There are things, somebody once said this, I am receiving the blessings now in my life because of the prayer, sacrifice, and fasting that I did many years ago. Amazing, eh? So he's reaping the benefits now because of the sacrifice that was done years ago. That's the first kind of, is a preparation one. The second one is this, is you're doing like a two or three day fast for now. In other words, we go overseas, we've got a crusade going on, a healing crusade, just so I can hear better, we can hear better and operate, you, feel the, you actually do feel the presence of God flowing through your body, uh, people just get healed a lot more efficiently and uh, uh, streamlined a little bit, and it's, you're doing it right now. So if you have an obstacle, an obstacle around your life, the idea is to kick back and fast. I could go into some really good teaching there about how it breaks you through. What it is doing is destroying and bringing down the natural nature. I'll put it this way. Did you know demonic spirits have a legal ground into our life if they're there because they're feeding on anger or resentment or unforgiveness or pride or sexual lust? That's, they feed on that. So if you break that area down and it doesn't exist and you break it right down and have it into submission, the demonic don't have a legal entity anymore. In the deliverance ministry, sometimes it's so hard to get demons out, I find, out of some people, but I think the repentance isn't there. Did you know some people struggle with the area of pornography? It's actually easier. Addiction can be broken through fasting. This kind comes out through prayer and fasting. It's just the question is, is do we have the will and the determination and the fortitude to pay the price to get the breakthrough? That's what it is. And when you get the breakthrough, your children get the breakthrough. That's the amazing thing. That my kids do not suffer with the things that I suffered with. And I say I was so afflicted by demonic areas I had to work through as an early Christian and I got they would be able to break these areas through and it set the whole, the whole field, if you like, of children to come. It's amazing. Just because somebody paid a price. By fasting, the demonic within the soul or the belly of a person is gradually loosened. Demons have their tentacles into the soul. That's important. Demons feed on rotten flesh as flies feed on filth. It's this parallel. Vultures are attracted to the sweat in the desert. The demonic is entrenched around our personalities, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. By fasting, it pulls up the spirit. You feel closer to God. You feel like you want to read the Bible. You feel like it's easy to praise Him. It's easy to thank Him. And then at work, when someone rejects you, there's not the bite. There's not the reaction. There's not the, that nasty Jonathan that could come out and, oh, I feel like smacking you one. You know what I mean? It, it, it goes because of the Spirit of God is in control. And then you can hurt me all you like. Sticks and stones will break the old bones and names will never hurt us. Why? Because the Holy Ghost is in control. Jesus is in the Spirit and He's on the cross of Calvary. He says, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. If I was on the cross with my flesh life, I would be saying, I remember your face and I remember your face when I'm coming back and I remember that group and I certainly remember you. No, but Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit had the temperament of God. He is God. <laughs> I'm telling you, we can have it if we want it. We can have it if we want it. 
the third world understand about fasting. They do. It's not a problem to them. Not a problem. Food's not the issue. They have no problem going with a 20-day fast just like that in the power of God. It's the Western world. Indulgences. Mate, somehow I think we've lost, lost New Testament Christianity. A demon will surface. Now, you understand what a, a, a tapeworm is? Don't know if you've ever seen a tapeworm. Tapeworm can be from, the, from here, the speaker, to about here, longer. Here, it's a worm, and it sits in the belly of a human being. Marvelous. Uh, thank you, doctor. But that's it, and some people, they have tapeworms. So what they did in the prison war camp, they tried to get this guy free. They, and what they did, they put blood on his tongue. They starved him. They starved him. And they would put blood on his tongue, and that tapeworm moved out of the intestine, finally came up. Gross, eh? I feel I need to tell you the story. Came up because he needed food, and he wanted to have the blood on the tongue. And they began to get the head of, this, uh, of the, uh, the tapeworm and wound it on a stick. There it was, a tapeworm. That's exactly what demonic spirits will do. They wrap around sin. You start fasting, I'm telling you what, the demonic will start coming out. And that's why when you're fasting, let me say this, sometimes you feel a bit more grouchy. And I know the Spirit of God, you'll feel great after the fast, but sometimes during that day, you're just like, you do the dishes. I know you do them. I did them last week, and it's kind of like you're a bit on the edge. And it's because I know you're going without food. I understand that, so you're irritated and tired. But often, you know what it is? It's the, it's the demonic nature around our lives getting agitated. Look for an encounter weekend. Just before an encounter weekend, how many marriages go through volatile areas? How many people feel like driving the car and bailing out? How many people don't want to go and don't want to come? They get all this mystified thinking around their life and feel like, I've had people feel like killing themselves before an encounter weekend. Have you felt like killing yourself ever before? No. Then why on earth are you doing that before encounter weekend? Because the demonic have been stirred up. Our soul flesh life is so loud, so proud, so about me. I'll serve, but I do it for me deep down. I need the recognition. I need the affirmation. All the stuff, God wants to break it break it so we become like Jesus the image of Christ it's going to help your ministry it's going to bring a breakthrough it's going to be like a push through I want to encourage you it could be media come off the social media can you do that is it even possible for you to come off also you might need uh, you might need uh, emails and that for work I understand but would it even be possible to come off This morning, would we be ashamed when it's all said and done standing next to the Apostle Paul with what he did? Everybody's been given a measure and a field to work with, but would we be ashamed standing next to some of those greats because we never paid the price? When some of our Chinese brothers and sisters are having their tongues pulled out of their head, (laughs) where people have been locked up They've been called insane. They've been badly, badly beaten overnight, overnight, overnight. Bible's taken away from them. Put in, put in re-education programs, all sorts of things to deny Jesus Christ, forced to deny it. And yet they say, this is an honor that I should be counted worthy 
for Jesus. Peter the Apostle, history tells us this. He was crucified, but he elected to be crucified upside down because he said, I'm not worthy to be crucified in the like manner that the Messiah was crucified. Unbelievable. There's something that's got to happen. There's got to be a shift around our life. And I want to encourage you. It's not about condemning people. It's about taking another step. 2021, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raised up a standard. Some of you have been in dark valleys and dark times, but it's time for the light of the Lord to come upon your life. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.atonga.com. Until next time.